Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast series. Today we're going to be talking about poverty among Utah women, which was the topic of one of our early research snapshots. I'm Susan Madsen, founder of the Utah Women in Leadership Project, and I'm here with Robin Scribner, the lead researcher for the Research Snapshot series here at the project. Poverty is a key issue, not just because it's difficult on our own, but women in poverty are also at risk for other kinds of tough situations like homelessness, hunger, poor educational outcomes, domestic abuse, sexual assault, mental health concerns, and so forth. Isn't that interesting, the research that connects poverty to all these kinds of of other outcomes? So how does Utah stack up with the nation? That's what we do in our snapshots, is take and look at national research and Utah research and compare ourselves to the nation. Robin, why don't you talk about the how we stack up? So I just pulled some numbers this morning, the most recent numbers available from census data. And in the last couple of years, Utah... Uh, overall, as far as the poverty levels has actually dropped a little bit from 11.3% a few years ago down to 10.2%. So that's good news. We're dropping a little bit uh, versus the national average of about 14% of residents living in poverty. So it's dropped, but of course it's still 10%. 10% is a which lot. Is, which is yeah. really rough. And as you mentioned, poverty is related to so many other critical life issues that Working to recognize and address poverty and reduce it as much as we can will benefit Utahns in so many different areas. So at the Utah Women in Leadership Project, of course, we always look at issues by gender. And Utah women experience poverty at lower rates than women nationally. 12.5% of Utah women live in poverty versus 16.3% of U.S. women. So we're quite a bit below the national average for women there. But still, Utah women are higher than Utah men as far as their poverty rates. Only 10.8% of men. Um, and 12% are, is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So... So that's important to look at. So compared to the nation, we may be doing a bit better, but we still have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the state of Utah. And our focus today is talking about women. Right. And so there are thousands of women that really struggle with this. And we'll get into some of the specifics. But let's look at at some of the demographics that we, we look at. One is women of color. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So as with so many other kind of negative life factors that we can be looking at, sadly, women of color are experiencing things to a more serious degree yes. than white women in the state of Utah. So uh, women of color are much more likely to live in poverty. Uh, black women at 20%. Asian or Pacific Islander women at 21%. Women that uh, check the box other or two or more races at 21% as well. Hispanic women, 25.9%. And Native American women at the state of, in the state of Utah, 36.1%. And in all of those categories, just like the general category, women in those, uh, those race and ethnicity groups um, are living in poverty at higher rates than men, Absolutely, right? every single group. But as you can see, the rates can get really high for specific women of yes. color, Native, Native American women specifically. So that is an area where we need to be looking really closely when we're making decisions about policy and different sorts of services. There are women in Utah who are living in poverty at very high rates. And I think when we shift now to age, and what's the difference in terms of poverty with age? I think it's so fascinating to look at the difference with women who are over 65. 
they're much more likely than men to uh, be living in poverty. And there's some reasons for that, right? Right, right. So uh, nationally, U.S. women, 12% are living in poverty versus uh, 7.4%. These are of individuals over age 65. Our rates in Utah are a little bit lower than that. But still, women are twice as likely to be living in poverty after age 65 than men in Utah. 8.9% of Utah women versus 4.4% of Utah and men. And it's, it's so fascinating to look, and it makes sense. Because uh, many women, especially when they're single, you know, if they haven't worked through all the years, uh, their, their benefits and Social Security would not be as high. But oftentimes, women, well, we know for sure, because we have another uh, snapshot that talks about gender wage gap. So if women, sometimes women think it's not a big deal if I'm being paid less than a man, but uh, it, it does add up through the years and your benefits are less if you're not making more money. Absolutely. Your Social Security lifetime benefit is based on your highest earning years. Yes. And if those earning years are always lower than men's, your Social Security benefits are going to be lower. But yes, the gender wage gap and women who are working those lower wage jobs, many of them don't have any type of retirement program. Yes. They don't have those things that can support. And then a final factor is that women just live longer than men. And so the money that they have has to last for more years, which means that they're going to have less of it. Yeah, and I think it's so fascinating as we report in our snapshot uh, that there really is a difference in Utah and, and nationally as well in women who live in urban areas and women who live in rural areas. And, um, you know, in Utah, sometimes, you know, things are pretty close close by, so it's not cut and dry, but obviously, um, maybe not obvious to some of the listeners, but women who live in rural areas will be at greater greater risk of poverty, correct? Right. There are specific um, circumstances that really come into play, especially in some of our very smallest communities within the state. One of the things that I found most interesting in this research was that uh, women living in rural areas were at the largest extremes for the poverty level. So the very lowest uh, percent of poverty in the state was in a rural county, Morgan County, but then the highest levels of women living in poverty were in Paiute County and San Juan. So That's two other, pharaoh, yes. Yeah. And so I'm thinking to some of the areas where the economy is doing a little bit better, but as we know, some of our rural counties in the state have a lot of struggles with jobs, other issues like that, that, that I know the governor's working on and some different task force working to address those uh, issues specific to rural communities. But a couple of the things that I found very interesting in terms of women were that uh, women who are living in rural areas were much less likely to receive prenatal care, yes. which is another thing that's associated with poverty. And that's, and that's a real serious issue right there. Right, because that can start off the health, the long-term health of a child from the, you know, before the child's even born, and that can have very long-term consequences. But another issue that, that showed kind of the differences between women in rural versus urban areas was the children who were eligible for free or reduced school lunch. Yes. So half of the children living in rural counties were versus versus 42% living in mid-sized counties and 36% of children living in the large counties in the state. And another demographic is really marital status. Right. And that's pretty striking in the state of Utah. Pretty striking in terms of women. Uh, we do still have a lot of women that are are um, single women raising children. Absolutely. And by far the difference between among the different demographics, this one was the very most striking. So the issue that is going to have the biggest effect on women's poverty rates is their marital status. When we're looking at married couple families, 
with uh, for all married couple families, about 4% live in poverty. Those with children at home under age 18, 5.5%. Children under age 5, 7%. So, you know, still, you know, upsetting numbers, but much, much lower when we look at female heads of household and those same things. So 24% of female heads of household, all of them are living in poverty in the state of Utah. 33.5% of those households with children under the age of 18, and 45% of female-headed households with children under the age of 5 are living in poverty in this That's state. That's shocking. It is. It's That's amazing. That's almost half of the women who are, are running their households on their own are going to be living in poverty in the state of Utah. Right, and because of those young children and the difficulties with getting childcare, yes. many of those women aren't going to be working at all. And so that really, really contributes to this poverty level. But those kids, those early years, getting the education, getting the health they need, those children under the age of five, half of those living in poverty with a, with a single mother, is um, that's that's something that's something we've really got to address. And the childcare issue, sometimes people don't even think that's an issue in the state of Utah, but it is a serious issue. And we have another snapshot. Um, that really will address those. So there's other contributing factors as well. Uh, I mentioned a few minutes ago the high wage gap, and as most of our listeners will guess, if you're listening to this, you probably are aware that we really are, along with Wyoming, you know, really have the widest pay gap, which is really a disadvantage for women and children and families. Absolutely. One, a couple of things that go along with that wage gap specifically is that Utah women are much more likely to be congregated in the lowest wage jobs. Yes. So we, women in the state of Utah making less than 10.10 an hour make up about 66% of those, um, jobs, but they're only about 44% of the total workforce in the state of Utah. And so, uh, sorry, 47% in the state of Utah. And so looking at, uh, the total percent of the workforce where we're making up, but such a high percentage of those very low-paying jobs. That really adds up to a lifetime of less income, right? It does. And the education gap that we have in the state of Utah, you know, kind of moves into that as well. We, compared to the nation, have less women with higher degrees. And, of course, if you're a single mom raising kids, the more education, no matter what people say, I know there's a debate a little bit about this, but the research over and over says the more education you have, the more money you will make. Absolutely. One thing that's so fascinating looking at men versus women is that women need to earn one additional degree to make as much money as men. So women with an associate's degree make as much as men who graduated high school. Women with a master's degree make as much as men with a bachelor's degree. That just degree. seems wrong. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, that even shows that for women, right or wrong, and it's wrong, I'm going to say, but right <laughs> or wrong, that women, that getting that extra education can give them a boost in their economic well-being. And as, as we talked about before, the childcare you know, costs are on top of that, and we know that's a serious issue in the state of Utah. But in our snapshot, we report on the cliff effect. Tell us a little bit more about that. So the cliff effect is a term that was coined to describe women who were receiving different types of public assistance. Yes. Uh, money to pay for food, money to help with housing assistance and different medical assistance. So what happens is those women are getting those benefits from the state that are based on their income. And as their income rises because they're getting better jobs, because they're getting raises, their uh, state benefits can drop off instantly. 
they can drop off dramatically. And we've, we learned in the research that some women were even turning down raises, turning down promotions. Because it'll put them all over the line, that right? will actually, if they lose all their state benefits, then that will make their economic position actually worse, worse after the raise. And so that's another thing. And I know there are people at the Department of Workforce Services and other areas that are working to deal with this more effectively so that women can continue to move forward, get better jobs with better pay without having this dramatic shift in their well-being. Eventually, those women will get off state benefits, which is the ultimate goal, but it needs to happen gradually, and I know that they're working to make some changes to these. There's a lot of people in this conversation. One thing we didn't mention, I'm going to go back real quick to something a little bit earlier. When we look at our demographics, sometimes people think that we don't have a lot of women in the workforce, but we have a lot of women in the workforce. We're very unusual for part-time workers, and... Um, and that really affects your earnings throughout time. Uh, we're not necessarily saying people, women should choose to work full time necessarily. There's all kinds of life decisions, but it's good to understand the relationship of that to poverty and some of the other numbers as well. And part time, in addition to, uh, you know, obviously earning less money because you're working fewer hours, part time jobs are often lower paid jobs, but they don't come along with the benefits or other things that over the long term can really contribute to a family's overall economic well-being. And it's really challenging these days, especially, to find good child care for part-time. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're struggling in the state of Utah in terms of child care availability, especially quality child care in general, but part-time makes it very challenging. So, you know, we are doing things in the state of Utah to try and address poverty in Utah, and many of those efforts really focus on women. So, Robin, why don't you start and talk just a little bit about what's happening? One really exciting uh, initiative that's going on in the state of Utah is called the Intergenerational Poverty Mitigation Act, and this was passed in 2012, but this is a long-term program that, that is working to recognize and support families where poverty has existed generation after generation. And the goal is to help individuals and families to break this cycle of poverty. Now, one thing that was interesting about this, um, the groups of families, the adult cohort of this initiative, 68% of those are women. And so it just goes to show that women are experiencing poverty and dealing with uh, these issues that go along with poverty at much higher rates than men. So that is so fascinating, Robin. And, you know, one of the interesting things and the reason I love the work that I do here at Utah Valley University and around the state is that I, I have the um, opportunity to meet and work with leaders in the state and, and nonprofits that are really doing quite a bit. So uh, United Way has the 211 um line that can really help when it comes to poverty and looking at resources. And when people call 211 or go online or different things, they've got some good resources. We partner and work often with the YWC of Utah that really looks at poverty issues among women and the various issues that that are around that, like child care and uh, domestic violence and sexual assault and some of those things. There's others as well. Yes, one of the reasons why we do these snapshots is, of course, to inform our readers about all the different um, statistics and important information that they need to know in order to understand the most pressing issues facing Utah women. But one of our favorite parts of doing this is to get out the good news about the support and just efforts that are available to help women in this situation. I've worked with a bunch of friends, actually, who found themselves in really unfortunate situations. 
all of a sudden they're getting a divorce. They don't have an education. They don't have a good employment record and they don't know where to turn. And so I love the fact that there are agencies. I know the Department of Workforce Services is kind of a, a gathering place for a bunch of these different services. Support for food, support for getting back into jobs, finding childcare. So that's another great, in addition to what you've mentioned with the YWCA and the United Way. So there are great resources available. So if we know people in our own lives, lots of times we're helping them out individually saying, you know, I can help you get through this month or whatever. There are different um, resources available. And if we can help educate and inform the people in our lives that are experiencing poverty and struggling with these day-to-day -day issues, then we can help them long-term try to find the resources that they need to rise above this. Sometimes when we're living in maybe more middle-class or affluent neighborhoods, we don't think that there's poverty in the state of Utah. Obviously, we've cited the statistics and there is poverty. But why should we care? Why does it matter to us as people? Why does it matter to the state of Utah? Uh, why does it matter? Why should we be involved in that? Why don't you start and then I'll make some comments. Well, we mentioned this a little bit at the beginning of this podcast, but poverty is a key factor in so many different uh, quality of life issues within the state. And we looked at this, we found this factor come up over and over again throughout our snapshot series. Women experiencing uh, physical safety issues, domestic violence, sexual assault, much more likely to happen for women who are living in poverty. Mental health concerns, more likely to happen for women living in poverty. Homelessness, uh, childcare issues, all these different things. Low quality of employment. They're all interrelated with poverty. And so this is actually one of the core issues. If we can work to reduce our poverty rates and help those living in poverty find ways to move forward and get into better situations, then all of those other different like factors are also going to be improved. And this is one of the reasons that I, I really pitch people that are listening that know of my work, uh, women getting, why it's so important for women and men to both get their college education is that you prepare your life, even though you may not work for pay right at the beginning, you prepare your life for for different kinds of things that can happen. And some women who live in poverty just assume they're going to be married and assume someone will take care of them and assume these things when in reality, there's many situations where women are, I was going to say shoved, but are just move into this situation where they don't have a husband, where they don't have, their husband may pass away or divorce, where they really need to think about about being the main breadwinner of the home. And some of those women, maybe they've been living in, in affluent situations, may immediately go down into a poverty situation. And the more that that we, as people that can help other people, understand these issues, the more that we can say, you know, I understand the issue, but here are some resources to help people maybe in that situation. Absolutely. And these are things that can be dealt with at the policy level. Yes. I know we have great legislators in the state of Utah that are pushing forward initiatives that help support people living in poverty, but it can happen at the nonprofit level, it can happen at the educational level, and then of course it happens at the individual, family, and community level as well. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast series hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah Valley University. Our core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. If you want to read the research snapshot we discussed today or learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.